When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, are you ready for some money rehab? Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. And should I have a 401k? You don't do it? No, I never. Girl! You think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't. Charge for wasting our time. I will take a check. Like an old school You recognize her from anchoring on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. The only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. The cold lapin. When you venture into finance land, you're going to be eating a lot of alphabet soup. ETF, VTI, VOO. As the great Gail once said, ABCDEF. You. Trust me, I know what it's like to want to shut down from complete jargon overload. I know when a new financial acronym comes up, the impulse is to say, I don't know what that is. Time to walk away. But hiding behind these acronyms are actually really important investing vehicles that you should absolutely know about. So today we're going to be specifically talking about a handful of ETFs that you should consider adding to your portfolio. Now, first, WTF is an ETF. It's a really strange phenomenon, but ETF is the acronym I see people goof more often than any other. For whatever reason, so many people say EFTs when they're talking about ETFs. This is really common in the finance world. People get acronyms wrong because they don't know what they stand for. And that is not a dig at you. That is a dig at the world of finance for being so damn inaccessible. So let's clear this up. ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. You can borrow my mnemonic device if you'd like for ETFs. Remember ET? Yeah, the alien movie in the 80s. Remember ET's one line in the entire movie? ET phone home. When I'm struggling to remember the acronym, I think ETF funds your next home. It works for me. So I hope that stock talk sticks with you say that 10 times fast. While index funds are my jam, there's a lot to be said for ETFs. ETFs are similar to index funds in that they're made up of slices of lots of different companies from one index or sector. For example, there are ETFs that track the S&P 500, there are ETFs that track commodities, and so on. And like index funds, ETFs are less risky than buying and selling individual stocks because if one company fails within the fund, you have a lot of others to prop it up. In other words, there's built-in diversification. ETFs are different from index funds because they are traded like stocks all day, every day. Index funds, however, are bought at a set price at the end of each trading day. So unlike index funds, you could buy an ETF at noon and sell it at 2 p.m., but 
you shouldn't. That's a strategy day traders use to gamble on short-term rewards, but that is not a strategy for sustained, consistent growth that we want here on Money Rehab. ETFs also tend to have lower investment thresholds. Often you can buy shares for less than 100 bucks, or even less than that if you buy fractional shares through a robo-advisor. In contrast, there can be minimums of more than $1,000 to invest in index funds. Net-net, ETFs are a good investment choice for new investors, especially in topsy-turvy market times. And so if you're ready to start exploring ETF options, I have some recommendations. And in my recent conversation with Guy Adami from CNBC's Fast Money, we talked through all of them. But the aim of this show is to always give you bite-sized tips and tricks. So rather than throw everything at you at once, I'm going to share a handful of those recommendations today and then cover the rest in a follow-up episode next week. So here's the first part of our conversation. You gave me a little bit of a homework assignment. So I did my homework because I always like to be a good student. There are a number of different ETFs and you know we're not going to get granular with stocks, but we can talk about some ETFs that might make sense. And the first one you, you talked about or asked me about was the VTI. That's the Vanguard Total Market ETF. That has a market cap of about $153 billion. That's a significant market cap. That peaked out around $244. As we're taping this today, it's trading about 186. That's down about 23%. Now, people will want to know what they own in the VTI. And effectively, they own 6% Apple, about 5% Microsoft. I think it's 2.5% Amazon. Tesla is close to 2%, and then Google sort of rounds it out at about 1.5%. So you're owning some of the names that everybody knows. So ETFs are a good way to cover your bases with a lot of different mm -hmm. stocks, but ETFs can track a bunch of different things, a bunch of different sectors, um, an index, or, you know, in the case of VTI, this is the entire market. So That's not exactly just the right. S&P 500. So we're trying to say there are a lot of options out there where you don't have to sit in front of a computer and you can kind of get uh, built-in diversification. That's exactly right. And if you believe, for example, I mean, so uh, along with the VTI, if you want another market exposure, the Vanguard 500, that's VOO, that's extraordinarily similar in terms of components. That's down 22% from peak to trough. But you say to yourself, you know what, I find myself in an environment where maybe stocks with high dividends work. There's something called the VYM. That's the Vanguard High Dividend ETF. That's comprised of 443 stocks. And as some of these names have down precipitously, this made an all-time high of about 115. It's trading 102. So you can see that's actually held in rather well, given the market sell-off. And then there's something which I find Ooh. really interesting. Professor, question. So, I like this professor. This, that's the first <laughs> person. I'm sure the last. <laughs> so when you have a dividend paying stock, mm -hmm. what does that mean? And if you're invested in an ETF that is all about dividend paying stocks, do you get a dividend? That's correct. That is exact. Well, I mean, it's interesting in terms of the ownership of the ETF, or you get a dividend. I don't think there's a disbursement for the people that own the ETFs, but it formulates and it, it comes through in the form of appreciation in the underlying ETF, if that makes sense. So the dividend is built into the ETF. I'll say this in terms of why that is um, doing better relative to the broader market. There's sort of a speed bump that gives that the the that the dividend provides, the yield provides. For some of these companies, 
you have a dividend yield of anywhere from three to seven and a half or eight percent. So you have sort of embedded protection in the form of the dividend. Now, it doesn't mean the stocks can't go lower, but to the extent that the stocks go lower, it's somewhat buffered by the dividend yield, the dividend payout, if that makes sense. And if you're buying a dividend paying stock on its own, mm-hmm. which for beginning investors, we're not necessarily advising to buy individual stocks, but the dividend you get is basically a present, like a that's little a, check. That's, that's, exa- that's the cherry on top, as they say. And every quarter, you re- well, at least I would, um, times have changed where things are done electronically, but you would literally get a check in the mail uh, with a dividend payout. And depending on how many shares you own, uh, that's the di- that's the subsequent amount you can get back. Now, if you want to go sort of upper level stuff here, what a lot of people will do is they'll reinvest the dividend into the stock. So they basically take that payout and they buy more stock with it. Uh, that's probably for a different show, but that's an option as well. Yeah. If you go on whatever brokerage app you have when you're buying any of these ETFs and you put in your order, you know, we'll ask you to just toggle over a question. Do you want to reinvest dividends? Yes or no. So we'll put a pin in that, Professor, uh, for like another that. show. Okay. It's like speaking of pins, by the way, not that anybody cares particularly. I'm sure you'll cut this out in post pro, but I do have a Pinterest page. I was an early adapter oh to Pinterest, um, and it's fabulous. I don't know if you want to put Stop. it up on your web. I'm What's telling on your you. Pinterest page? Well, I'm just that's see, inquiring minds want to know. You should check it out. That's what they call a tease in the business. Oh my god, um, it's staying in. We just got late breaking news from our producer Mike Coscarelli. He's leaving it in. He's leaving a tease over to your Pinterest page. I'm really curious. I'm assuming it has nothing to do with stocks. But I wonder if you're like a DIY enthusiast. Well, you're going to have to sort of check it out and <sighs> okay. find out. I will tell you, it runs the gamut from Audrey Hepburn to Leonard Skinner and everything in between. You're a fascinating man. Um, you have to do something else. I guess when you're looking at stocks all day yeah. long, your brain probably is, I mean, it's a scary place, no doubt. But uh, you have to do something to balance that out, I'm sure. And what would that be is the question. And I will tell you, well, recently I've been sort of um, embroiled in the NHL playoffs growing up in the New York area. I'm a lifelong New York Ranger fan. And the magical run that they've been on have provided me with hours of entertainment. Now, obviously, they lost in game six to the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, but they acquitted themselves extraordinarily well. So now I'll make the pivot from hockey right to my beloved New York Yankees, who at the time of this taping sit atop Major League Baseball with a 44 and 16 record. I mean, that was a seamless transition by me, by the way. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. If this episode got you stoked on ETFs, check out our recent episode 323, the seven best investing apps to choose which platform you want to use to get started. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our producers are Morgan Lavoie and Mike Coscarelli. Executive producers are Nikki Etor and Will Pearson. Our mascots are Penny and Mimsy. Huge thanks to OG Money Rehab team Michelle Lands for her development work, Catherine Law for her production and writing magic, and Brandon Dickert for his editing, engineering, and sound design. And as always, thanks to you for finally investing in yourself so that you can get it together and get it all. You spend my money.